We are so happy that you are able to join us for today's message. Our hope is that it will encourage you in your walk with God and inspire you to reach those who don't yet have a relationship with Jesus. For more about Global Heart Church, download our app today or visit us at globalheartchurch.com. Enjoy the message. So I've been declaring this because I want people to get it when they come to church, get a bit more of an insight of what, what's this about? Like, why are people so excited about church? Well, let me just uh, read this to you. I, I wrote down a couple of things and on a Friday night a week or two ago, and uh, some of you have heard that already, and then I added a couple of things. But I just think it's really important now, as we're coming back together, to declare the church, what it's about, so that you get it and you go, okay, right, that's why it's so important. So, uh, yeah, so here's just things. I wrote down and I added to it, and I just thought it's a... Uh, you know, what God had put in my heart about the church. So here we go. So the church, what is it about? The church is where grace is poured out, shackles broken off, God is worshipped, hope is experienced, truth is uncovered, God's word is taught and upheld, support is experienced, destiny connections are made. Destiny connections are made. Forgiveness abounds, strangers become family, victims become victors. It's where gifts and talents are discovered. It's where a multitude meet Jesus. It's where destinies are declared. It's where destinies are unleashed. It's where bodies are healed. The humble are raised high. The proud are laid low. Divine connections are made. Families are created. Our emotions are brought to life. Isn't that true? Lives refreshed. People given the opportunity to start again. Thank God for that. Some of you are getting that today. Opportunity to start again. Where thinking begins to be healed, where lives are launched and relaunched, where encouragement is released and spiritual insights are gained. People of all the nations become part of his eternal nation, heaven. Hearts and lives are strengthened, life memories are made, and generations are forever blessed and changed. This is the church. Oh my gosh. Woo. <laughs> that just hit me then. This is what we're a part of, everybody. Don't ever take it for granted because God's house is powerful. You know, I want to go on because out of God's house and, uh, and out to the world from his house, God wants to pour out his love. Did you know that? God wants to pour out his love. One of the most amazing things to me still today, having been a Christian for 39 years, it feels like 39 weeks, but it's 39 years, is that God's love is so real, it can change the alcoholic, it can change the liar, it can change the thief, it can fill the empty heart, it can deliver the broken, it can heal the mentally unwell. God's love is so powerful that it can deliver you today from poverty and deliver you from your history into a brand new destiny in Jesus' name. That's how real His love is. God's love breaks, uh, I nearly said, fetters the old world for chains. God breaks chains off your life. God's love is so powerful that there isn't any person too far gone that God can't love. There's no person too far gone that God can't heal you, touch you, and set you free. There's not any person that today God is saying to you, I cannot love you. In fact, I, this is the amazing part about God is that at our worst, at our most rebellious, our most sinful, God says, I love you. Isn't that incredible? So I want to talk about today God's incredible love for you. Hello, God's incredible love for you. 
because God's love is not like human love. It's incredible. It's supernatural. And when you are touched by God's love, you really will never be the same again. You know, uh, in recent times, there was a slogan that came out, and, you know, everybody's kind of saying it for a while, love is love. But remember that slogan came out, love is love. They're all kind of saying it around the place. But really, when we just said love is love, love was kind of being degraded down to how I feel. It was actually degrading it down to emotion, to sex, to money, to satisfying an individual's desires at any given moment. And uh, everybody got T-shirts and baseball caps, and it all came out a while ago. You all, you all heard it. But really, it was also kind of a declaration of a new moral standard, which made adultery okay, promiscuity okay. People started to think, you know, not the average person, but bestiality, adults with children. There was a TED talk that talked about adults loving children. Oh, my gosh. Incest. Uh, a whole number of sexual sins suddenly became justifiable and permissible because somebody came up with a cute slogan, love is love. And uh, for anybody who's had an abusive background, abusive childhood, I have. Um, some people have had terrible abuse. Some people have had sexual abuse. And actually, those abusers actually use the term, um, you know, that I'm, I'm loving you. I'm loving you. This is how I love you. And so people got used to abuse because they use the terminology. You know, this is how people love each other, especially if children were involved. So in actual fact, everybody, we need to be very careful at what comes out of culture, what comes out of the news, what the media flings out, because there are plans out there. There's a whole lot of people who organize stuff to try and undermine the church and God. And so they're coming out with catchy slogans. Everybody goes, oh, that sounds right. That kind of sounds nice. But the reality is it's giving license to every kind of sin. Because if love is love and you're married and you decide I like somebody up the street, then, you know, you can then enter into what? Uh, an affair with somebody, which is actually betrayal. So, so through that license of that, they've actually now in, caused people to enter into betrayal in the marriage. Be very careful at what you pick up on from the world. You need to go do what I do. Mm, I'm always, mm, whatever I hear. Don't jump to conclusions. Media, don't jump to conclusions with media. They just take sound bites out. They take what they want to say. They'll find the three words that somebody says and then put that out there. Do not listen to me. You, you're crazy if you do. Because they'll get it. They put, put a picture up from the other day. And I was like, I've seen that picture before. CNN put a picture up. They're using it now. And I've seen it in 2014. I was like, I've seen that picture. I went a little search. That's that picture. Put it up now because it's convenient. So they're saying what they want to make say, right? So be careful. So as believers, you need to be very, very careful because that slogan falsely elevated sexual sin to a morally superior position where anyone who stands opposed to this assumed love is love is belittled, unloving, and terrible. So we have to do that, hmm, I'll just stand back and think about this. Because if somebody can abuse a child saying, this is love, and I love you, well, I abuse you, then get rid of that slogan, because that is not love. So we got to watch out what people are saying that looks cute, that's actually permission giving to hurt other people. You know, uh, love cannot define itself, and neither actually can humans define it. You cannot define love. I can't define love. And especially if you come from a broken background, we've had distorted love. So how can you define what love is if you come from a broken background? It was Your perspective is out. There's distortion. And most of the people who are coming up with some of the, those kind of slogans are coming from broken backgrounds, and now this is their attempt to 
describe their situation. So love cannot define itself. Love is only defined by God. Love is only defined by God. I didn't find that out till I was nearly 19, but I found out, hang on, love is defined by God. And uh, love comes from God. Love, in fact, is who God is. And uh, so it cannot come from any person. And God's love is so real and so powerful that God loves us in our spiritual destitution. So when you're absolutely devoid of love and God's love, God then comes to you in the richness of his love and pours it out on us. Isn't that good? And then though we've been broken, though we've been hurt, though we've been bitter, though we've been numb, God says, I'm now going to bring you alive with my love. Everybody, we need God's love. Why? Because people are messy. (laughs) People are messy. And I'm not just talking global youth about your bedroom. (laughs) We're messy. People's lives are messy. Our thinking's messy. Our hearts are messy, right? And so... (laughs) You know, you've heard me say before, you know, I fail to get on with me. So how am I going to get on with you? We need God's love to help us to love. Come on. We need God's love to help us to love. Without God's love, love becomes a commodity. The meaning is traded and swapped for whatever sells, whatever works best for me for the moment. So we trade it. We swap it. It's a commodity. That works for me right now. And the only thing that we forget is the Bible says, do not be deceived. Here's what the Bible says. Listen to this scripture, people. Do not be deceived. What does that mean? Don't lie to yourself. The Bible says, God is not man mocked. Whatsoever a man sows or woman sows, that also will you reap. Wow. So the world's telling us, oh, no, do whatever you feel right now. Listen. The Bible says what you sow, you'll reap. If you sow deception, you'll reap deception. If you sow to the things of the Spirit, the things of God's kingdom, you're going to reap from it. So I, as a new Christian, I'm like, all right. Oh, wow. Jeepers. I need to think about this decision. Do you ever think like that? One person. That's awesome. (laughs) Run the breakthrough to two. Run the way. You need to think, if I do that, where's that going? If I do that, where's that leading? If I do this, what will that bring about? If I follow that person, what will happen to me? If I follow what she did, what will happen there? So many people now are, you know, with relationships too. It's also like spin the, spin the dial, ding, 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 ding. Russian roulette, wherever it drops, where I'm in a relationship. Heck no. RAC car check to buy the car is 44 points. Most people have Tinder two points. No, I didn't say that, did I? (laughs) Two-point check. You need to go, hang on a minute. Who is this? What am I doing? Where's that going? Where do they come from? I had generations of pain, everybody. There was generational pain. Not bad people, but my family was just falling off for generations. We had alcoholism, depression, mental illness, sadness, you name it. On and on. Poverty. On all of it. Guess what I was going to repeat? All of that. Because you generations repeat generations. I was chained to it. So unless you question your generations and where you come from, we get caught up in that. So I had to say, hang on a minute. God's love has come now. He, wants to, he is breaking me free from that. But i got to realize I can no longer treat love like a commodity and treat it like how it suits me. I need to think, how does this work 
for others and the long term. And, uh, you know, in history, everybody, I don't know this, but in, our, in this current era we live in now, everything's about how you feel, how you look, Botox, fillers, puff it up, suck it, do it. Now, listen, if you do that, that's fine, but don't make it your value. Don't make it your value. If you do it, that's fine, but don't make it your value. So people announce all about that and how I feel. Do you know that love, 100 years ago, listen, for, since the beginning of time, love was, listen, how responsible you were with your family, was love. How responsible you were with your community. People were like, my gosh, you're a loving person because you'd be responsible with your marriage, responsible with your children, responsible with your community. Not how anybody looked at all and they would go, wow, what a person of love. And this, now people are like, uh, 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 no, I'm on Instagram. <laughs> love me and I love you. <laughs> and it's like, you know, it's like, it's superficial. There's nothing wrong with taking a nice photo. Take a nice photo. I've liked your photo. Oh, they look cool. Looking cool. Looking at, yeah, that's nice. Fine. But it's when it becomes, this is love and it's a commodity and it's superficial God's love is responsible. In actual fact, God's so responsible. But then he's saying to you, be responsible now. Responsible with your life, your words, giving God, hello, the dignity of the moment in your life, the dignity of his hand on your life. Oh my gosh. Am I giving God due dignity for saving me? For putting his hand on my life? Wow. That is love in return, real love, because it brings about responsibility. So then I'm thinking about what I sow now. Listen, if it's God's love, if it's real love, you're thinking about what you do now, the influence and impact of that on others. <laughs> we think, I know I'm thinking of that, the impact of my Instagram on everybody. I want it to really impact them. <laughs> now that's nice, <laughs> but that's not it. It's the impact of your life on everybody, your children, your grandchildren, your friends, your friends' friends, your community. What's the impact of my decisions now? How will it impact other people? We'll know how much you love by how much you consider that question. We'll know how much you love by how much you consider that question. That's why I'm so thrilled now for my little grandson, Joel. Did I tell you I had a grandson? He's, you know, a little guy. <laughs> He's getting chunky, that boy. He's a key and he's come to eat. Poor Kerry. Bless Kerry. Love you so much. She's like feeding around the clock. He's a key and he's come to go. Let's eat people. But uh, I'm so thrilled for Joel. Sue and I are so thrilled because we were not, we're not from Christian homes. Sue and I both came into this Christian thing, very damaged, broken people. I was in sin in every way in the world. And so we came and went to church and went, okay, God, if you're real, Rock up would be great. Do something in our lives. Cool. Help Sue and I, because we haven't got a clue. <laughs> it's good when you know you haven't got a clue, right? If you think you've got a clue, all the best. I was like, we didn't know what to do. How do we get out of this life? How do we get in your life? How does this work? How do we be married? How do we have kids? How do we stay in church? And then now I'm watching my, my three boys all serve the Lord, all love Jesus, all grown up, all adults. And now my little grandson's born, right? But when I see him born, I'm thinking of me and Sue at 18. Going, the decisions we were making. Okay, 
So you got saved after me. We met. Uh, she came from England. I was 18. She was nearly 19. She's 19. We meet, get saved, and we're like, okay, let's be in church and follow God. I watched Joel born. I came from poverty. Sue, her parents, you know, were also having challenges. Parents were divorced, and we both, we both were suffering teenagers. And now I see my boys in God's house because of God's love, and God's showing us that love is not momentary, how we feel. Love is long-term, long-term action. And then Joel is born, and I'm looking at Joel going, I can see us as 18 going, wow, Lord, you're true. And this little boy has won the lottery. <laughs> this kid's won the lottery. He's arrived into a family now that's two generations, love Jesus, love each other. Not perfect. There's no perfect people, everybody. But Sue and I have stayed together. We wouldn't have been able to stay together at all but for the grace of God and holding on to Jesus because we had too much pain on board. In Jesus, we've been able to stay together, stay married, love one another, love God, but challenging days, right, from brokenness. Let's get be real right there. But now, little Joel, I'm like, look at that. Real love is... Let's, let's hold on to God. Let's hold on to each other. Let's try and get this commitment thing down. Let's get this follow-through thing down. Let's get this put God first and you and me second down. Now Joel arrives. We're out of poverty. We're out of poverty. And in those decades, God's like flipped the family. Flipped it. Flipped it. Okay. And here's what God does. He's not saying Jared and Sue. You are the lucky ones. I'm not doing it for anybody else this year. <laughs> lucky you were born then. <laughs> God is doing, I'm doing this for everybody who will follow me and who will live my ways. I'm doing it for everybody. You, 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 you. And he's saying, but understand what you sow now at 20, you'll walk in at 40. What you sow now at 20, you walk now at 40. People don't like this, but I think you're far better to be single, love Jesus, be in the family of God, at home, with your cat on the lounge, than be, than be or the dog, than be in a wrong life, wrong relationships, wrong thing, that God's not in, you're not in, and the whole thing's going south for the winter. Get the dog, get the cat, and get on the couch. Amen. <laughs> Hello, everybody online. Welcome. <laughs> all right you're good you're coping you're coping something's happened over the season so i you know i'm not taking any responsibility for what comes out all right so love is defined by the one who exists outside of humanity love is defined not by you or me Love is defined by the one who exists out of humanity his love enters time and space graciously God sends Jesus graciously, listen to this, to seek you out. The Bible tells us Jesus came to seek you out. It says he came to seek us out. God came to seek you out. Everybody, just look at me. I've got to get this in your spirit. God came to seek you out. The Bible says he came to seek and to save those who were lost. He was on a mission to get you. And then when he gets you, to bring you into a relationship with him. 1 John 4, verse 16 to 18. We have come to know and we believe the love which God has for us. God is love. God is love. Come on. God is love. 
And the one who abides in love abides in God, and God abides in him. By this, love is perfected with us, so that we may have confidence in the day of judgment. Because as he is, so also are we in this world. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. If you're fearful today, draw near to God this week. Get into his presence. Get the worship on. Get the worship music happening. Get, get the word of God happening. Because the Bible says perfect love is going to cast out your fear, your insecurity. It involves punishment, but the one who fears is not perfect in love. God loves you. And God loved us not because we were lovable. God loved us not because we were lovable. God loved us because he is love. He's love. So love is defined by the one who creates life, builds life, and gives order to creation. And uh, in 1 John 4, it says this again. It says, Dear friends, let us continue to love one another, for love comes from God. Anyone who loves is a child of God and knows God. But anyone who does not love does not know God, for God is love. God showed how much he loved us by sending his one and only son into the world that he might, that, so that we might have eternal life through him. Look at this. This is real love. Come on, this is real love, not fleeting emotion, not, you know, I met somebody, I feel, oh my gosh, this could be love in five seconds. No, real love is sacrificial, sacrificial love. Jesus came to give his life for you and me. That is incredible love. And he loved us and he sent his son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. Dear friends, since God loved us that much, we surely ought to love each other. And then 1 John 4, 19, it says, We love because he first loved us. You know, the sovereignty of God's love liberates you and I, liberates humanity from subjective, abstract, and artificial alternatives. We come with the abstract versions of love, artificial versions of love, alternative versions of love. When we really need to know that the God that we serve, his love is incredible, and it's not a love of force. God doesn't say, hey, be my slave now. Hey, be my puppet now. He's like, no, I'm a dad and I'm a protective dad. Anything you read in God's Word that says a no, God's saying, hey, that's to protect you. Here's all the yes over here. Yes, 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 yes. And then God says, no. I'm like, what are we like? We all want to go do the no thing. God says no to that. I'm like, well, I'm going over there. God's like, no, that's to protect you. But play in all these yes fields here that I have for you. 1 John 3, John says this, he goes in 1 John 3, Behold, he's like, what? What manner of love has the Father bestowed on us that we should be called? He's like, this is crazy. Children of God. Therefore, the world does not know, does not know us because it did not know Him. John was saying here, um, this is incredible. It literally means this is not natural. He's saying, behold, this love is not, it's not found naturally in humans. He's like, what? everybody, he's like, it's like an exclamation. This is incredible. What is this? Behold, this is unbelievable. What manner? I have never seen this manner on this love on the earth. This is not human. It's not natural. He's, John's actually saying, this is, this is like from a foreign place. This is like from a faraway land. That's right, heaven. <laughs> He's like, literally, what, what country is this from? John is astonished. And what he's saying is Im implying amazement at the love that God was bringing to the church. 
the only church that receiving this love is like, what is this love? This is, I have never experienced or seen or felt anything like this. This is amazing. This is astonishing. Come on, this is astonishing. So everybody, can I encourage you the way to receive that love? How do I receive God's love? Now, I know this is hard for some because I was there. You have to come vulnerable to God. When you've learned to put up shields against people, when you've learned to shut people out, shut down. When I came to God, I was actually literally pretty numb. So, so you don't get hurt again, you just shut down, right? So I'd just be numb emotionally. And actually, till I became a Christian, I actually didn't know that you were fully allowed to feel emotions. Because my dad was an alcoholic, my brother was an alcoholic, then the next brother had, was, he had challenges, then the next brother had Down syndrome, then there was me. There was no time for a problem. I could never say, hey, I got a problem, everybody, just need to let you know. Just need to fill you in, just feeling this. They're like, your brother needs to be looked after, he's got Down syndrome, your other brother's got a problem, your other brother's an alcoholic and your dad's an alcoholic, no time for that. So I come to church, dead. And then I realized, I'm gonna have to open my heart. How do you do that? To God. I went, okay, God, don't know if you're real. Haven't got a clue. Yeah, but there's a lot of people follow you. A lot of people say you're God. A lot of people around the world, you change their lives. All right, if you can do anything with me, go ahead. Please do. And let me know you're real too. I want to know if you are. Thanks. <laughs> and then that day, I went home and I felt something. I felt something. I felt something. I felt something. I was like, that was fresh. And the next day I woke up, I was like, ooh, I can tell I'm forgiven. Wow. All that sin. Whoa. And then I go, I can tell I'm loved. I can feel it. Then, for those who heard the story, I sat in the bath for three hours and cried and said to God, why are you doing this to me? Why are you loving me? I don't get it. Why are you doing this? You know, my numbness again. Talk, numbness talking to God. <laughs> why am I experiencing this? Logic, logic, logic. And God said, because I love you. Because I love you. And then he changed it up. He said, <laughs> he said because I've always loved you. That was the change up. It went from I love you, I love you. Big change came because I've always loved you. I'm like, really? Who does that? God. Come empty to God, everybody. Come vulnerable. Love is not meaningless or without purpose. Love is defined by what God does. And love is defined by who God is. He's amazing. God's love is active. God's love is active. God has, I never knew that God's love meant He had a plan for me. If you get this, gee whiz, you're going to change people. Gee. I get God's love and then it wasn't, it's like a week into it and I can feel God saying, there's a hope for your future. I'm like, what future? <laughs> can I have a future? Aren't I going to be like a poor, alcoholic, drug addict, whatever, like everybody else kind of thing? I didn't know you could have any change. God's like, no, I've got something for you to do. I've got something for you to do. I'm like, really? He's like, yeah, hang around with me. It's going to get good. Okay. Well, i got nowhere else to go. Done the club. 
done the pub, done, anyway, let's not go there, done, and I'm like, at 19, I'm burnt, nowhere to go, so I'm like, okay, I'm hanging around, and then God goes, good, it's going to get good from here on in, it's got good, it's got, it is good. Here's what our God does. Is he come and join me? Come and help me, bro. What privileges, care, and tenderness God's love brings to us. The Father sent you and I a Savior. That's his love. Jesus died for you while you were rebelling, swearing, cursing, sinning, thieving, lying, etc., etc., doing everything you can because, well, Oftentimes it's because you had no clue, so we're just in sin. And then Jesus says, I came, I love you, and I died for you while you were yet doing all of that. While you cursed me, God said, I sent Jesus to love you. He redeemed us. He forgave us. He restores us. Some of us who once walked with God and then walked away, listen, God's promise is to restore to you the years the locust has eaten. God's not saying, hey, you walked away from me. I'm going to get you. Where do we get together? I'm going to have words with you. God's like, no, no, no. Come to me. I'm going to restore to you the years the locust took from you. I'm going to restore it back to you. Oh, my gosh. Restore spiritual life, the freeness of salvation. He adopts us, the Bible says. What God is this? He adopts us into his family. The Bible tells us that we're heirs of the promise. You are joint heirs with Christ. You're adopted into His family. And then in this life, you're receiving the blessing of God. You're receiving the favour of God, the protection of God. God promises to defeat the enemy over us. My gosh, this, what love is this? This is unbelievable. God's love let's, reminds us, really, we deserve nothing. But yet God's giving us everything. I deserve nothing, but God has given me everything. With God's love at the center, then we will experience what real life love is about. Trying to get a person to fill up your life, everybody, is like a tank with holes all at the bottom. Some of us are trying, I've got to find that person. I've got to find my soulmate. Good luck with that. Because there is no perfect person. There might be somebody who you go, hang on this. I really, we connect. It's God, I believe it. But no person will ultimately fill you to the place where you're like, I'm totally full every moment and day of my life. It's impossible. You are chasing something that will never happen. In actual fact, it's a design, I was going to say flaw, but it's not a design flaw. God designed it so that you would always need Him. You would always need Him because no friend, no relationship can ever satisfy you. Don't you, don't you smile. You have a little smile on all the people who now have to go back to the tattoo parlor because they got, Caroline, I will love you forever. And then they're like, oh, yeah. And over here, uh, Mary, you are my soulmate for eternity. And they're like, could you get her off and her off because now I'm out with Vicky. <laughs> Getting a new tat. Vicky, you are the only one. Look, <laughs> we all do it. We all can do it. Because we think it's going to be her now or him now. Now it will work. Now, and God says, no, no, no. You're demanding the impossibility. You're demanding the impossibility. The only way you can truly be filled up 
It's through my son, the father says. Love in Osaka and Germany and everybody at home, love is in fact a person. Love is in fact a person and his name is Jesus. Lastly, I like what C.S. Lewis said. He said, I believe in God as I believe the sun has risen. Not because I can see it, but because by way of it, I can see everything else. Jesus' love will do the same in your life. God bless. For more about Global Heart Church, download our app today or visit us at globalheartchurch.com.